everyone. This is Tala with Drive Through Therapy. Thank you for stopping by. I have decided to discuss a topic that is very prominent when dealing with clients that come in for therapy. And this topic is almost is the most addressed topic for me during therapy. No matter what the disorder is, no matter what I'm dealing with, it usually involves this conversation that I'm going to have with you today, which is the overthinking or the stressing or the depressive thinking patterns, the anxious thinking patterns. All of those are another way to say that my brain is noisy. So today we're addressing the noisy brain. And if you got it, you'll know if you got it. If you got it, you definitely need to stick around for this because uh, you will be able to learn a little bit more about what a noisy brain is and what to do about it. But let's start with what a noisy brain is. If you tend to worry a lot and you have a hard time recovering from that, that's part of the noise. If you feel overwhelmed and experience this need to solve a problem right now and have a hard time surrendering a problem in your mind, just think and think and think and overthink is, is a common term we all use, you have a noisy mind. If you tend to go into bouts of sadness, thinking about the past, even thinking about your current life, and it takes you a long while to recover, it'll get so emotionally and physically immobile for you that you'll stay in bed, you'll just start distracting, you may even use alcohol, sex, anything to help distract you from that, to include Netflix, binge watching Netflix could be a distraction. Facebook is a distraction. And some of these things can get you to feel better by just being distracted. But they don't actually resolve the situation, the noisy brain. They just distract you from your brain. Uh, another thing that could be noise is if you really are fear-driven, so you will think about the worst case scenario in any situation. How this is going to not work out well for you. This could happen. What if this What if this happens? What if, what if, what if is really the main way to characterize this type of noise. This fear-driven noise is the what if. Also another noisy pattern is the judgment. I tend to have judgments about other people or... Uh, judgments about situations that haven't happened yet, but I'll just use what I already know to judge the unknown. And sometimes that gets me in trouble, especially if I am fear-driven. It'll just be like a filthy circle and takes me to the, to the next characteristic of a noisy brain, which is the circular type of thinking. It's just you keep going round and round and round and round in circles, and you just have a hard time recovering from that. So those thought patterns kind of come and go for us, but some people will just stay in that pattern for a while and have a hard time recovering from it. 
That's what I mean by the noisy brain. It's All this noise is really unnecessary, but your brain does it somehow to do prevent something, to plan something out. It thinks it has benefits to the noise, but it is not correct. There's no benefit to this noisy type of thinking, except that it just puts you in a restrictive mood and it puts you in a an emotional and physical immobile state in which you really don't want to get out of bed. You don't want to talk to anyone you start withdrawing, isolating, you lose interest uh, in things that you were interested in. It's just physically and emotionally immobile. In this case, the emotional part would be you have a hard time being emotionally available with other people. You become easily irritable because you have a lot on your mind. It also becomes overwhelming for you as you go throughout the day because it's just piling up in your mind and you're not really confronting it you don't you're not really doing much with it you're just kind of stuck there you're just stuck there and it seems like one more thing gets added on there and I I I just can't handle it anymore that's what it, it the noisy brain does so I hope I give you a good description of what the noisy brain is all about so if you got it we are going to learn today that this is something that you can relieve yourself from, but the work has to be done. So we're going to talk about this work. But you need to understand the history of why, even if you want to feel peaceful and want to feel more satisfied in your life and happy and abundant and all those great things, it's tricky because your brain already has these established patterns of thinking that it really believes in. It really has been part of your core beliefs since childhood and that's just been reinforced as we age so it has a hard time getting rid of these patterns that have actually worked for you sometimes they're not patterns that just completely useless times this worrying at one point had a benefit this need to be a perfectionist somehow had a benefit. Of course, these things have had a benefit at one point, but they no longer serve you. They no longer provide satisfaction for you. They accomplish what they needed to accomplish, but it's kind of like I continue to use these patterns, this noise, and now it's intrusive. It literally is intrusive. It's immobile. It takes up my whole day sometimes. It's harder for me to recover and I'm still doing it. I'm still doing it. And my body thinks that this chemistry is normal, which it is just what I've trained it to believe. My chemistry now is, my body chemistry, my mental chemistry is now comfortable with being worried all day long. It's comfortable with being noisy, with being either depressed feeling like the world has ended, that there's no choice, there's no alternatives, there's no exit plans, nothing. It's kind of like I'm stuck there. And again, the chemistry is just used to it. Your body's job is to maintain homeostasis. And since it's been trained to produce this kind of negative type of chemistry in your brain, this stress response, and it thinks it's natural, it'll just keep producing it. It'll keep producing it. And when you attempt to get it quiet, when you attempt to get your brain quiet, 
it will pull those patterns out again because it thinks it's normal. Your brain and your body now believes this is normal and so it wants to bring you back to what is normal. So we have to reteach the brain that it is not normal, that we don't want to stay there. We're tired of it and we don't want that noise anymore and we want to live without the noise. We want to be free of it. So what I'm really asking for you to to be aware of is that this noise is something that we've been doing for a long time because we believed in it. We believed that this was true and this served us at one point and we reinforced it and reinforced it. But it's been so strong in our nature, in our mental chemistry because we have been reinforcing it. Because that's all we've been training our brain to see. And when you ask your brain to see one certain color, it will only see what you ask it to see. So we have to reteach it to see other things. The best way to kind of describe this is that, you know, you ever met this person who always sees something wrong in whatever situation. It's just never good enough. It's never right. It's never fulfilling. They always can point out the one thing that's wrong. It could be in the middle of Disneyland, for God's sakes, and it's just something is wrong, you know, whether the ticket is too expensive or something is, you know, it's too dirty. This corner, this thing is too dirty, and I don't want to, I can't believe Disneyland, you know, leaves its parks dirty. I mean, it's, they, they always have the one thing to say about every situation that is just the negative aspect of it. So that's what training the brain is. It's, it's just us teaching it that there's more to look at than just that one thing that we're comfortable looking at it. And it's not even real. We think it's real that we we're so good at looking at the one thing that's going wrong in the world, right? But it's it's not real. It's just a reality that we've been reinforcing since an early age, since whenever we learned this little trick. So the next thing we're going to talk about is how we're going to get to quietness. Because you say, okay, I, I do have this noise in my brain. So what? How do we get to quietness? You have to understand that these patterns you've been engaging in, these thinking patterns you've been engaging in have been based on core beliefs, beliefs that you've had since childhood and on, really strong beliefs that have been inherited by being exposed to our environment and later on recycled as part of our own beliefs, our own life, but they really were just something that we were exposed to and we just continue to reinforce again it's not a reality it's not a reality to everyone that's how how we know that just because I have a way of seeing everything wrong in anything that I can look at another person can perceive their life a completely different way they can be the one that looks at everything and find the one thing that is going right they can be grateful for that one thing that is going right every situation they can see the beauty in a flat tire they can see the gratitude in a meal that didn't come out as ordered. Uh, They can see beauty in things that are not necessarily approved of or expected or wanted even, but they they can adapt quickly. And we call those people more resilient, more adaptive, because their perception allows them to be mobile emotionally and as well as physically, both of them. They, they tend to adapt quickly to changes, to unexpected situations, to 
trauma. So we want to kind of increase this level of resiliency by changing our thinking pattern, which will ultimately decrease the noise, change our body chemistry, and so now we can continue on maintaining the chemistry that we have just reconditioned. So now it's possible for us to change our patterns of thinking that ultimately change the homeostasis that we've kept for so long. It kind of, We need to kind of shock it out of what it thinks is normal. That's the beauty of this quieting of the mind business. That the truth is that we we in, we prefer it. We're, it's familiar thinking patterns for us to worry. It's familiar thinking pattern for us to have the noise. It's a familiar thinking pattern. So we have to be comfortable with the unfamiliar, basically. Because if our familiar is to be worried, if our familiar is to be negative, if our familiar is to be ungrateful, to be judgmental, to hold grudges on ourselves and other people, then we have to think of other thinking patterns we don't usually utilize. So we have to train our brain to know it's, this is kind of normal. This is going to be normal for us, so we just have to train it. We have to train it. So I hope this makes sense so far. Uh, so let's get to the information that I think everybody wants to know by now is how do we get that brain quiet? How do we, how do we get rid of those patterns, get this, get this way of thinking under control and disciplined? How do we do all that? But what I really need you to know that the first portion that we discussed, which is how and what is that noise? How does that noise work? And what is that noise is really, really important to know because I need you to be aware of, of it when it's occurring in your head. When you're self-aware, that's what that means. Sometimes we confuse self-awareness with self-shaming, self-guilting. And people can say, well, yeah, I take responsibility, but it's just in a self-shaming or self-guilting type of way. We're not interested in that. We're interested in change. We're interested in Correcting, guilting and shaming yourself is only going to make you more immobile because that's what these emotions do. They really make you emotionally immobile. You get stuck in them for a while. So whenever you notice yourself correcting on the inside, catch it quickly when you are doing it with guilting or shaming. If you kind of sound like, hey, you better stop. I can't believe you did that again. Uh, you're no good. See? You'd, you weren't going to go to the gym today because that's what you usually do. And, you know, you can't keep your word. You're undependable. You see, here you go again. Here you go again. And it's kind of this grudge-holding, filthy pattern of self-correcting it that is useless. It's ineffective. It keeps you immobile. It keeps you immobile in this kind of self-pitying, self-shaming. It all works together. I don't know how, but it's like a filthy cocktail. It's, it's not nice. So we want to quickly recover from that. We want to notice it and then redirect it. Notice it and then redirect it. I don't want to notice it and start shaming myself for doing it again. I want to notice it and redirect it to what I would like to do in the future, right? Or I would like to learn how to do. That's how you really learn a new thinking pattern. It's not by shaming yourself into it. It's by really being compassionate with yourself as you're teaching yourself to do it, as you're redirecting yourself to a better path. So the quietness is a learned way of being. We might have grown up in the noise and we think it is normal, but you, we are really going to have to become aware of what our brain and our body is doing 
and understand it better, have a relationship with it, to change it. So this is how we're going to do it. Number one, what we need to do is stay away from the judgments. And I'm only going to talk about people that we don't know. We see all around and we tend to look at them and have judgments about them. And you say, well, why is that a negative thinking pattern? Because listen, if I'm looking at you and I'm coming up with some kind of story, whether you're a cashier at Walmart or a a waitress that brought me my coffee uh, cold, I'm coming up with reasons that are kind of filthy, like, you know, she doesn't think I'm good enough. That's why she, that's why she, she brings me the coffee cold while everybody else is fine. And we're making assumptions and taking it to judgment. And all we're really basing this on is insecurity. It's our insecurity or whatever belief that we have on the inside that says we're not worthy. That's why the, the cold coffee is just a reminder that we're not worthy. So again, when I'm aware of my core beliefs, these filthy beliefs that I have that aren't real, like I'm not worthy, wherever I learn that, it is not real. And that I, I, I sometimes treat people that way or place judgment on them that they think that way of me too. But I'm not a psychic. I don't really, I don't know what people are doing or thinking and what their intentions are. But the thing is, I'm asking you to stay away from judgments, especially from people that you don't really know. We can be walking in the store and look at one person and say, oh, I can't believe this person's wearing this. You think it means nothing to do that. But training your brain to look at people with compassion and love it really will change your overall chemistry. And who wouldn't want that? So they're not little things. They're big things because we're doing them every day. And it is putting my emotional state in a bad place. I don't want to look at people in a suspicious, ugly way. I want to look at people in a loving, compassionate way. I want to relate to them as humans rather than think we are so different and I am superior to to you somehow. But that's what I do when I judge people. I think somehow I'm superior to them. That's why I'm judging them. So be careful with that. It's, it's, you might think it's a small thing, but people, we really do do it. We do it. And it's, it's so uh, sneaky. You know, I think the way I kind of deal with this one here and I train my brain to do it is if I look at a person for too long... I'm making a judgment. (laughs) I'm doing something in my head or else why am I looking at them that long? Uh, So I've learned to, at first, when I go into a store, to really be careful, like when I'm looking at them, be very aware, self-aware of what I'm doing when when I'm looking at someone until it became something that I could just naturally do where I can look at people and just hear what you're saying, not what I think you're saying, but really what you are saying. All you told me was, um, uh, I apologize, the coffee's cold, let me change it for you. I'm not hearing anything else like whatever my brain can come up with, some fancy stuff that my brain can come up with, like, oh, you're out to get me, and you you think I'm no good, that's why you got my, my coffee cold to me, or some nonsense like that. So your judgments keep you superior and keeps other others inferior you you cannot relate to them you cannot see them with love is it's harder to do that okay so i'm saying stay away from judgments from people you don't know but the people that we do know i'm going to get to that in a little bit that's why i kind of left the people that we don't know in separate location so the next point i want to make about how to get our mind quieter is to stop playing psychic predicting other people's thoughts beliefs and intentions. We do this so much. We do this so much. Let's say I'm at work and my boss comes and tells me, can you please fix this report? 
And in my mind, I could come up with some filthy reason, right? Oh, she said to fix the report. But what she really meant was that I'm no good at writing. Who does she think she is? You know, she doesn't even do what I do. How could she do that? And then we start comparing it to other people like, you know, John, two doors down, does the same thing. Why doesn't she come and go and tell him to fix that report? Uh, and then I come up with some filthy things like, you know, uh, you, you come late, like in my head, I'm doing all this work. You, I'm thinking you come, you come in late lady. What are you telling me about how to fix my report? And da, 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 da. and all this filthy stuff that's happening when all this person said was fix your report. That's it. Just fix your report. She did not say anything else. All the other filthy judgments I'm making out of is out of my insecurity, my beliefs about myself. And it's really, it's really noisy. So I have to train my brain not to think about other people's thoughts, intentions, and give them their privacy. You have to give them their privacy. So when I hear a person tell me something, all I hear is the person telling me this one thing. And when I start getting offended or having a different reaction to it, I really have to take responsibility for that feeling. I'm the one producing it. They're not shoving it in my brain. I'm the one producing it. So I don't like that noise. I really don't like that noise, guys. And I, I experience that noise quite a bit when I'm judging other people, thinking about their intentions, really going in there and attempting to be responsible for all their background, their childhood, their core beliefs. And me trying to predict all that is in a way attempting to be responsible for all that. And I don't know that. I don't know what their hangups are. I don't know what their dreams are, their disappointments in life are. I have no idea. But my self-involved ass will attempt to make all these predictions like a psychic. And I'm not a psychic. You're not a psychic. We cannot jump into people's thoughts and feelings and know what we're really talking about. I don't care how well you think you know someone. The work and the energy it requires for, for you to sit there in your brain predicting other people's thoughts and feelings and intentions and what they really meant by something when all they said was just fix the report is just the biggest noise that we'll ever experience. So quiet it down. Stop playing psychic, people. Stop playing psychic because that's something I work on often and I've gotten much better at. When I hear you talk, really, I've limited the judgment on what, what you're saying. All I hear is what you're saying to me. That's it. So it's something that us as human beings have to work on consistently, but that's, that's anything that we try to do with our brain. We have to practice and practice until that becomes our natural chemistry. That's what we do. We just don't make judgments. We're not fortune tellers. So speaking of fortune tellers, that's my next point. But this is referring to the fortune telling that we do in our own life. So what I mean by that is if you have the habit of attempting to predict the future, attempting to predict the worst what-if scenarios, or just playing every scenario out that hasn't happened yet. We are energetically investing or emotionally investing in all these stories that are kind of racing in our minds, and physically we're starting to feel them. So this can feel like anxiety. This can feel like stress being overwhelmed, heart racing, perspiration, change in blood pressure, body temperature, all of those things are just a physical manifestation of what's happening in your brain. And your brain and your body are connected. So these later can contribute to your 
headaches, your tension headaches, your back aches, your muscle tension, your stomach problems, and the many other medical conditions that, that we now know come from stress. So keep in mind that your fortune-telling business, nobody's paying you for, but you are paying up with it emotionally, physically, medically, and it's just noise and noise and more noise. And you're wondering why am I not quiet? Why am I not quiet? What is this? That's what it is. Just noise. Unnecessary. You're doing all this for unnecessary reason. So brings me to my next point. Extreme thoughts result in extreme emotions. So when I go to all or nothing type of thinking, for example, it's going to be a good day or it's going to be a bad day. Those are kind of commonly said, but people don't understand the ramifications of them in our, on our body, on our mind, on our day. What you're doing is really becoming all or nothing, you know, just because the tire is flat does not mean my whole day is bad. Just because I have a leak in my house does not mean my whole day has gone bad. That just says I have no gratitude for all the other stuff that's working on right. Some people might even say, oh, well, you're just being positive. No, I'm being more realistic than anything because a flat tire does not determine my whole day. And for me to look at a flat tire like it's the end of the world is really a lot of noise and a lot of energy I am doing to myself that is resulting in a negative state of emotions all day long. This noise all day long. No, thank you. I'm not interested. Other extreme thoughts include something simple like, let's say... Somebody comes and tells me, hey, the boss needs to talk to you. <laughs> Again, I could, my mind can take it to all sorts of places. It can take it to, oh my God, I'm in trouble. I think I think the worst situation out of this. I can go to extremes real quick. You won't even know. I could create this whole stereo surround sound of nonsense noise in my head that has really nothing to do with the outcome because I don't know what the outcome is. I have no idea. But I will use my patterns of thinking, I will use what I know to determine what the outcome is. And it's filthy. It's filthy and it's inaccurate most of the time. Be careful with those extreme thoughts. If my, if your boss wants to see you, it doesn't always necessarily mean that you're in trouble. Okay. I don't care what has happened in the past. Keep in mind that I only can work with what I got now and I need to keep my brain in the present. That's what quietness is all about is keeping it right here. That's really all I can guarantee you anyways, is right now the present moment. I can't guarantee you the future. I can't guarantee you half an hour from here, my friend, but I can guarantee you right now, this moment. That's the only thing I need to know as well when it comes to quieting my nose is that the only thing I can guarantee myself is this moment here, so let me enjoy it. And enjoying it free of noise, free of judgment, free of extreme thinking. Really big, you guys. Extreme thinking is really... A major noise in our brain. We can take things to extreme and we can even use that as the pr primary source of decision-making outcome, right? That that's the solution we come up with every time is the extreme. <laughs> it's either this way or this way. And we just don't see the gray. And one can even say that the gray is where happiness is at. We need to understand that this flexibility of it can go multiple ways in our life. It doesn't have to be this way or the other. So recognize those extreme times and start becoming more aware of them 
And I want them to really make you cringe when you're going there, when you're getting extreme, when you're thinking and predicting that, you know, I got this email from my boss, for example, and it says a couple of things that people all around the agency need to do, but I'm the only one in my own little world thinks that this boss is really talking to me. <laughs> and uh, what she really means to say is that she's really doesn't like the work I do or that I need to correct something somehow. And she just doesn't have the courage to come and tell me or whatever that is. You know, all that is just extreme. My brain is just reading an email and taking it to the extreme level. And of course, emotionally, it's going to extreme as well. My stomach is starting to hurt. I'm having headaches. It's just filthy, filthy state of mind, noise. I want us to really understand all of this is noise. And our goal is to quiet it so we can live happier. We can live satisfied, filled with gratitude, just quiet, quiet, enjoying the moment with no judgment. That's what the outcome is of quietness, is enjoying the moment with no judgment or the other thinking patterns we just talked about. So finally, the point I would like to end this with is understanding that when you justify worrying, when you justify worrying, it's really just going to take your body into a nasty, filthy place that you don't want it to go. Okay, so we do this in multiple ways. We justify worrying. For example, we use it for work. That if I worried about if I worried about work or what I need to do tomorrow, and and worried and worried about my children that I'd be a better parent, or worried about the groceries, or worried about my bills, uh, then somehow I will be able to pay them. I really can do all these things without needing to worry about them. I grew up with my mom always talking about how she is having to pay her bills or she needs to pay her bills or this needs to happen. And my mom never let us down. She never let us down. She never said, she never one day said, you know, I check out, I'm going to go do me and you guys take care of yourself. Never, never. I don't think she needed that level of self-correction or self-policing or self-nagging for her to be able to pay her bills. She did it every month. She did it beautifully. Without a little hitch, she made it work. Whatever she made, she made it work. But she didn't believe or trust herself or take credit for what she's done in the past. So she thought that if she worried that she will be able to pay her bills. She couldn't do it with ease. She couldn't trust herself and her past experience with paying her bills, letting her know that she has done it before and it's okay not to worry. She didn't know how to do that. So she was very stressed. She was very stressed. She was always tightly wound up. And I, I can understand why. In her brain, she was. So that's all she gave out loud. She didn't have a choice. That was, in her mind, she did not have a choice. She didn't think she did. So worrying was very common for me because I heard it growing up. I thought that's what made a responsible person is to worry. It couldn't be done with ease. I didn't have that belief. I didn't think it was possible for a human being to do things with ease, to, to learn to take credit for what they've done in the past and how resilient they were and continue to use that information to help them go further and learn more and go into the unknown a little bit more and and um, take more risks. I just never used it to that to that extent at first. Now I'm, I'm more aware of that, but before I really wasn't. So I, I had a lot of noise myself 
That's why I can tell you this change is very possible for you to quiet this this noise. It's very possible. If I could do it, anybody can. If I can do it, anybody can. So stay away from justifying your worry, thinking that it you'll be a better planner for work tomorrow or, or that somehow you can get more work done or that if you worried you'd be a better parent. All of those are false beliefs. False, false, false. Give yourself more credit than needing a nagger all day long in your head. Give yourself a little bit more credit. I know you could do it. So this ends my discussion on quieting the noise. So we discussed what is the noise. We discussed kind of how we get to have a little bit of noise in there and why we continue to reinforce it and ways to decrease it significantly. And if you practice these things, if you just catch them, become more aware of them and redirect them, I promise you will see the results quickly. You will. You really will. But don't justify why you need to worry. Don't justify why... Uh, if you, for example, if you're a student and you're like thinking, oh, I, I gotta do, you're playing in your head all day long. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do this today. I gotta write this report today. I gotta write this report. I have to do 25 pages. And you're telling this all day long to yourself. You're maintaining a state of mood that is exhausting. You're physically paying up for it. By the end of the day, when you do get a chance to write this report, you will be physically exhausted. So stay away from nagging in your head. Maybe that, that's who you grew up with. Maybe your parent was a nagger. That's okay. That's okay for them. And you didn't have a choice growing up with that. But today as an adult, the parent that you have in your head, you have complete choice in having. So I really hope this empowers you to make that, that change, that significant change in your quality of life. Because we can either be doing everything that we need to do throughout the day with noise in our head, or we can do it with quietness. And I promise you it is two completely different worlds. It's the freedom to just enjoy the moment without the fear of the future or the, the trauma of the past. It is enjoying the moment at this time and being grateful for it. That's the beautiful benefit of being quiet in your mind. It is freedom. It is freedom to enjoy your family without having to think of what you deserve and what you're missing out on and what they haven't done yet. It's the beautiful um, freedom of going to work and not thinking there's a threat waiting for you there and preparing it in your head and feeling even completely anxious before you even get to work. And we'll probably, I'll probably do one on work as well coming up. So there's a lot of benefits to being quiet, you guys. And I hope that this benefits you and it starts, starts you off really well on, on your journey to happiness, to abundance, to quietness, to self-love. All those are just going to be just extra side effects of this quietness business. So please be safe on your drive and please share this episode with other people that you think might need it or benefit from it and subscribe so you can get the most current uploads that I, I send out and we can both stay in each other's journey. Thank you again so much for your time. Always grateful for it. Always grateful. And this has been Drive Through Therapy.